Welcome to the Partnernomics Show, where industry thought leaders discuss the hottest topics in partnerships, ecosystems, and innovation. The Partnernomics Show is brought to you by IOLife Solutions, a product incubator specific to Salesforce. Now here's the host of the Partnernomics Show, Mark Brigman. Welcome back to another episode of the Partnernomics Show. It's good to be with you again today, and I have successfully cre- uh, recruited Mr. Antonio Caridad to jump on with us. Antonio, how are you doing, man? It's good to see you again. Good on you, Mark. Thanks for having me. Very excited. So Antonio is a Senior Director of Channel Programs at Megaport. And uh, Antonio, if I'm not mistaken, you're in Austin. Is that correct? I am. I am. It's very hot here right now, although we got a little bit of rain the last weekend. But yeah, I'm in Austin. Well, hopefully fall will move in at some point, but I know down in Texas, man, it's always warm, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we go from summer to winter, from winter to summer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, yeah, San Antonio and, and the Austin area, my wife and I love that area, and right. I have a lot of friends down there, so we'll definitely have to have to sync up next time we're in town. A hundred percent. Let me know, man. Uh, so, Antonio, um, Tell us a little bit about how you got into this world of partnering. Tell us a little bit about your career and your path and, uh, you know, what's, you know, the role that you're in today and, and how you jumped into that seat. That's a great question. Um, I'm originally from Mexico City and I worked in telecom for a while, um, but I came 14 years ago to the U.S. to get my MBA. I got my MBA at the University of North Carolina. And from there, IBM hired me and threw me into the world of partnerships, right? So that was 12 years ago. And that's where I started my my uh, my life in this wild journey of partnerships that I love because you get to wear many hats and learn many things, right? And so I, I managed a few legacy routes to market and partner programs at IBM. Then I led a Tiger team to, um, to basically do what back then they didn't have a name, but it's now tech partnerships. So a lot of integrations with uh, marketplaces. And now what I do with Megaport is, uh, as you mentioned, I'm the senior director of the channel programs. And so I own the indirect routes and the channel ecosystem uh, and a little bit of that go-to-market strategy. And then there's the sales team that executes upon that, right? Um, And just so that the audience knows a little bit, because they might not know who Megaport is, we're a leading network as a service provider. Um, We basically create and allow enterprises to create secure scalable and affordable network solutions. And we are partnered with the top cloud service providers, SIs, MSPs, and data centers in the world. Awesome, man. Awesome. All right, man. We're going to go ahead and dive in here and I'll hit you with the first question. It's one of my favorite topics, and that is around alignment. So I'll ask you, you know, what, what does alignment mean to partnering professionals? And more specifically, um, where do we see alignment or where is it critical to get alignment? Well, you bring a good point with alignment. And that is when you are building a partner program where you are building a go-to-market route for the channel for indirect routes, um, you need to ensure that not only internally you have all that buy-in, but also externally, right? You will hear uh, around the industry these days, um, this term ecosystem led, right? It's 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 more going into that, and that is also uh, about ensuring that every everybody in the organization that your partnerships team is not a silo, but that multiple divisions in the organization are bought in into this, right? And what that means is you need to build your internal champions 
from the marketing to the finance, to the sales, to the product, to the et cetera departments. You need to ensure that from the top down, but also from the, uh, from the bottoms up, there's alignment in your teams to ensure that whatever you're building in terms, in terms of partnerships is going to work. Uh, for example, one of the things that you need to ensure is that if you are involving your inside sales, your direct sales team and your partnerships motion, that there's channel neutrality, right? And I posted this uh, a couple of weeks back, but you need to ensure that that channel neutrality is there so that um, those sellers are not more interested on in selling one way or another, right? You take that element out of it. And then there's um, there's the whole thing about ensuring that your executives understand what you're building and that there's the strategy holistically inside your organization to ensure that what you're building makes sense for the corporation as a whole, but also um, with your partners, right? And then there's, there's a flip side, that's the external side. Whenever you are bringing a partner, whenever you are starting a partnership, you need to ensure that what you're building with that partner makes sense, right? Um, one of the things and the most important thing that you have to build is that IPP, right? That ideal partner profile to ensure that you are partnering with the right partner for what you do, right? That there's that thing in the industry about surround your customer with everything they need. And so part of that is not only your product, but also your partner's products, right? And surround your customer to be, to make them the best, to have, to give, give them the best they can, um, that you can. And also um, for you with your partner to build that better together story that works for the customer. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. What do you do if, let's say you find yourself in a certain situation and you don't have internal alignment? How can you kind of reset or what's what are some different tools, tips, tricks when you have another supporting uh, department, group, team, somebody that you need and it seems like uh, you're kind of swimming upstream whenever you're, you know, you're you're trying to do your thing as as the channel lead, but you're not necessarily getting the support or the buy-in or the resources that you need. That always, yeah, that that's a great question, and that happens often in in the world we live in, right? And the, the roles that we that we do. Um, one of the things that I normally try to do is gather as much data as possible, right? There. There is um, a wealth of data out there from different sources like Partnernomics, like Prosbeam, like Reveal, like that that prove that there's a lot in partnerships, right? And that's the way to go, right? Um, another thing is when you are talking to different stakeholders in your company, you need to ensure that you're tailoring your messaging depending on who you're talking to, right? The messaging that you bring to the product team is not going to be and not going to work the same as a messaging that you bring to the finance team, right? So you need to approach this conversation in different ways, depending on what are the trigger points and the important things for each group, right? Obviously for a finance team, it's going to be much more data-driven, right? And it's more, it's going to be more about show me the revenue and show me those quick wins rather than the long-term thing that we always hear about partnerships, right? And then and that's a good segue into my last point, and that is 
partnerships we've always heard and um, a lot of us that have been in the industry for a long time is, you know, partnerships take time, take 12 to 18 months and all that, right? But those quick wins are critical, right? And so one of the things that whenever I'm building something new inside of my, organi my organization, I try to build it as a pilot program to number one, secure small inv uh, small investment or just tell them like, if this doesn't work, we'll pivot, right? But also as you build it in a pilot program, you're able to also focus very specifically on those partners that you want to work for, what, what, that you want to work with and get those really quick wins to get them going, right? Because when a partner, normally when you're working with a partner and you tell them like, hey, I'm launching this new thing and I want you to be part of my focus group. I want you to be part of my, you know, little fo like um, tiger team to like get this going. They get excited because they, they feel like they're part of something important, right? And so it's it's easier to get those quick wins through those ways. Yeah, I love that. It reminds me of uh, uh, The Four Disciplines of Execution, one of my favorite books, Chris McChesney. He talks about um, if you, know, you want to get buy-in, you got to give people the opportunity to weigh in. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's kind of what I heard you say is, you know, have those conversations up front. Don't, don't take the plan, don't take the script to finance or to marketing or to product development and, and, and set it on their desk and say, okay, here's our playbook. Here's, here's what we're going to execute. Be much more proactive and create uh, a plan or a pilot, as you say, like in, in, in this particular instance, but create it with them on the front end and team up to execute this thing. I think it's a lot of times where I see partnering professionals kind of fall down a little bit or kind of set themselves up already behind the eight ball is, uh, you know, we we want to kind of hand a script to the other teams and groups and departments to come in and support us without ever giving them an opportunity to to weigh in on that. And I can certainly play against you. <laughs> that is exactly right. And that goes back to what I said about having a holistic approach where everybody needs to be involved, right? You don't want to be a silo. You don't want to be seen as somebody that's looked like looking out for their own and working on their own thing. Because whenever you need them, that's when you know, these things will happen, right? And so involve them in the decision-making, involve them in the building of this, involve your partners in, in the building of this. And likewise, like one of the important things about partnerships um, and about getting alignment is like listening to your partners, listen to your stakeholders, right? You can build something that in your mind can be fantastic, but if it's not going to work for your partners and your customers, it's not going to go anywhere. You need to ensure that what you're building and what you're doing involves them so that you know that it actually will work, right? So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, next question, let me fire this one at you. Uh, when building a go-to-market strategy and you know, different partnering programs, mm -hmm. what is needed internally in order to set yourself up for success? We talked about alignment, but what are maybe some other components to that success equation? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to what I mentioned originally about the building champions internally, right? You, you absolutely need those champions. Why? Because whenever you're building a go-to-market route, whenever you're building a partner program, that, that program, that route will have different elements of different things, right? Like it's not only building something like, it's not only building incentives that you're done. No, you're, you have to think about billing and invoicing. You have to think about provisioning. In many cases, you have to think about um, that front end um, 
the, the, that front end part of the partners to make it uh, onboarding simple, right? And in all of this, you're going to need help from your product team. You're going to need help from your finance team. You're going to need help from your sales organization to ensure that they're working with the right stakeholders in those organizations to push what you're doing. And so you need to build those internal champions that understand what you're building, that have become part of it because they know a lot of things that you might not. And that uh, whenever you hit the, the go button, they understand what's coming, right? So you don't get them, um, you don't catch them by surprise, right? Uh, another thing is, you know, from the top down, from the top down, again, understanding that whatever you're building doesn't clash with the overall strategy for other things, right? One of the things that you see a lot, especially in smaller companies, is that you know the partnerships teams are starting to grow, right? But at the end of the day, there's a corporate strategy that you need to be aligned with. And if you're going counter to that, you're just going to run into walls. And so you want to make sure that you're you're as aligned into that strategy as possible to ensure that you're contributing to that and not just becoming a roadblock um, or a bump in the road for everything else, right? So it's I think it's a little bit of that. And then, um, you know, once, once again, going out to... Um, going out to partners, ensuring that you're involving them because one of the important things when building a go-to-market route on the indirect channel or building a partner program is you don't want to set your partners to compete against yourself, right? So your partners never want to compete with you because they will lose every time because you're, you're the expert in your own product, right? And so you need to ensure that not only you're giving them the tools to be successful, but also you want to make it as easy and as frictionless as possible for them. If it takes them 20 clicks to onboard and then another 45 clicks to provision something, it's never going to work. You need to make sure that you, you you make it very, very simple for them, right? And part of that is also those, those steps in enablement. You need to ensure that your partner understands what you guys are doing together, that better together story, what your North Star is as a partnership, and then how to talk about your product, right? Because there will be times that you talk about their product, but there will be times that they will talk about your product. They will never be as good as you are selling it, but you need to ensure that at least they are able to, you know, enunciate that, right? So, yeah. yeah, I love that point that you bring up. The The best partners out there in the market have choices. <laughs> they can either work to sell your solution or they can work to sell somebody else's solution, may or may not be a competitor, but they certainly have choices. And so, you know, partner experience is the new customer experience. I mean, for partnering professionals, uh, we should feel an absolute obligation and, and treat our partners as a customer uh, mm -hmm. because they do have choice. They're, they're not necessarily beholden to us. Yeah, one of the things that I always run into walls is, um, and, you know, I, I hear that uh, with a lot of uh, organizations out there is like, hey, we're giving the partner an incentive, right? They should be glad that they're partnering with us and all that. No, a partner has choices to your point. And especially in a lot of cases, a partner has 20, 30, 40, 50 vendors. And if you're making it super hard on them to onboard, super hard on them to provision, super hard on them to understand your solution, understand your product and get enabled and all that, it's just not going to work. I mean, if you're lucky at the beginning, you're getting 30 minutes to an hour a week from your partner. 
um, as you get going, right? Once once they understand the value prop and you get into like this, this motion, that gets better. But at the beginning, if you're lucky if you get 30 minutes to an hour. And so you need to make that count on things that matter and not on bureaucratic or manual processes that just block everything, right? Great advice. Great advice. Uh, next question for you. Whenever you look, you know, across your partners, uh, your different peers, companies, mm -hmm. what are some of those common success traits or success components that you see within their programs or how they manage or run their programs? So one of the things that um, that has been talked a lot about lately, and it was one of the takeaways from Catalyst, and this doesn't apply to everybody, but for most of those companies that are starting in partnerships or growing is that sense of quality over quantity, right? Um, I've seen it many times where you go quantity and then you end up with, um, you know, that Pareto principle of like 80% don't do anything, 20% do. And then your team is spread thin, right? Because you still have partnerships and you want to talk to them and they take some of your time and they, and at the end of the day, your team ends up with so many partners that they cannot really service one correctly or two correctly, right? So it's that, it's that notion of quality over quantity. Um, Again, it, this doesn't apply to everybody. Context matters. The type of program matters. Um. But uh, but that's one of the things that I'm really noticing. Companies out there with robust partnership teams or um, or good products that are just really focusing on this quantity, sorry, this quality group that are is is a, is a small subset of companies where they have really built that better together story. They have really built those joint sales and marketing plans. They have really set the foundation, not only in their programs internally, but also the foundation with that partner to get going. And that is really working, right? Um, another trend that I'm seeing is because of this, because people like companies are really focusing is old school models like the legacy resellers of the world, the legacy referrals of the world, they're still working, but they're not working great. Um, you know, we hear a lot all the time about inbound, inbound and outbound is not working. And so really what is the noise right now in the industry is co-sell, right? And it's really focused on those partners that you really believe in, those partners that really believe in you, those partners that you really complement each other. Build, again, I, I keep repeating myself about that better together story. Um, shout out to Blake Williams. Um but uh, it's 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 really that because once you get that going and once once you create another thing that I'm gonna steal from Alan Adler in this case a circle of reciprocity in in a co-sell motion it really it really explodes right right it really works and so that's something that I'm really uh, I, I'm hearing a lot about and we're starting to implement where I am right now um, you will hear about it a little bit in. Uh, from the reveal team, the near bound. Um, and then that is about, you know, that ecosystem led and having that holistic approach to partnerships and within an, an organization. And so those are some of the things that I, I, I keep seeing, right? And then as companies get better in this world of partnerships, those companies that are really doing it well, you're starting to see um, roles really popping up that didn't exist before, right? You you're starting to see RevOps, traditional RevOps, split up between RevOps and, and partner ops, right? So you're, you're starting to see that trend. You're starting to see more chief partnership officers come out, 
um, and, and getting get created inside of organizations, right? And so that that just signals to the market that the way forward for most of us, for most of our organizations, is partnerships, right? I mean, Microsoft didn't get to where they are without partners. Exactly. Ninety five percent of their business is partners, right? So yeah, ten thousand a month, man. It's a huge mm-hmm. number. And, and as you said before, it's. It's a combination of a lot of different partners, mm-hmm. uh, some kind of real high intensity, some uh, just highly transactional and everything in between. But mm-hmm. uh, they have hundreds of thousands of partners. It's, it's mm-hmm. certainly uh, working for them and obviously very important to them. I love something else that, that you said earlier about, you know, you, you have your ideal customer, your ideal customer. They have their solutions providers that's kind of. Mm-hmm in you know in their ecosystem in their sphere mm-hmm. and you connecting with and playing nice with those solutions i mean that's mm-hmm. a, kind of is the definition of an ecosystem right we talk in terms of make the easy button bigger and so how can you combine your product your service your solution with what your ideal customer is buying or is on a track to buy Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, and kind of make that solution work with, you know, work with them uh, because they're going, they're on the track to purchase that anyway. Yeah. And and on top of that, um, leverage your partner's trust. Like why don't you, if, if a partner has already sold to a customer that you're really focusing on, that you're really talking to and you're really interested in, and your partner has already built that trust, leverage that. I mean, there's so many stats out there that show how partnerships help you not only close faster, but close bigger. Um, and then, you know, leveraging this kind of networking, it's it's the way to go. It's It, it would be silly not to use that to your advantage, right? So. Yeah, uh, Stephen Covey calls that, you know, the... The, the economic engine, the the great accelerator is is mm-hmm. trust and leveraging mm-hmm. that. You mentioned earlier about you know, a lot of these different partnering programs we have, they take 12, 18, even sometimes 24 months to have this mm-hmm. positive ROI. What are the things that we can do to accelerate that? Definitely the relationships, definitely the trust. Yeah, to your point, if you, if, let's say you want to sell to Coca-Cola. Like I there's there's I've heard it from the industry called that they call these the pregnancy contracts because they take nine months to really <laughs> at just least sign, yeah just sign uh and then then there's the whole pro like thing about getting going right but um if you already have an established relationship with somebody that already bailed that trust with coca-cola it's just it just simplifies all that for yourself so much take advantage of it absolutely all right yeah. last question i've got here for you antonio and that is what what recommendations do you have for um either I would say new partnering professionals that's in this space, or maybe even for new executives, those you know, directors and senior directors, VPs, folks in a role like yours that are building out teams. What are some resources or recommendations, suggestions that you would provide to them? We we talk about the importance of bringing more science, uh, moving from art to science inside mm-hmm. of partnering programs, and, and putting more processes and, uh, and and data, more predictable outcomes in place. What's some recommendations that you'd have? That's a great question. Um, there are a lot of things that are happening in the industry. Um, one of the things that I feel like I'm late to the game, but leverage 
part, leverage communities like partnernomics, leverage communities like partnership leaders. I like, and I say that I'm late to the game because I, I joined until fairly recently both. And I found uh, an amount of people that speak my language that, um, that, you know, that are willing to help. And it's, it's not a bad thing to ask for help, right? And there's a ridiculous amount of people out there that are extremely, extremely talented and extremely um, helpful and, uh, and generous with their time that are willing to help, right? There's a lot of people out there that I have followed for a while, including you, Mark, that for some time I was like, I, I will never get to that point. No? And then these days I'm talking to you, I'm talking to Ellen Adler, I'm talking to Rob Rebels, and those guys are so generous with their time and have so much in their brains that that uh, that are willing to help, right? So leverage those communities. I would I would highly, highly encourage people out there to join partnernomics, to join partnership leaders, to join this kind of communities that are there to help, right? Um, also, there's a lot of really, really good newsletters out there um, that just push out information daily um crossbeam has great newsletter uh, the reveal team through nearbound has a really good newsletter um and then there's a lot of people on linkedin that are posting 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 i am personally um starting to starting my journey to be to to post in linkedin but there's a lot of people out there that are just giving out free advice all the time and if you see somebody one of those people reach out to them pick their brain What's the worst that can happen? They're gonna say like, no, I'm too busy, right? But more likely than not, these people are gonna say like, yeah, let's talk, let's jump on a call and I'll help you with it. I'll help you with whatever you are, you're working with. I, I I am really, really grateful for the last few months for all the people that I have met in the industry because it's been, it's, it's been eye-opening. Again, I feel like I'm so late to the party and it's been really eye-opening, right? And then um, at the same time, Part of the advice is also there's a lot of really good courses out there. To your point, you guys have a you guys have a fantastic free course right now, the Pernomics Foundation course. Uh, and there's a lot of different things out there that are that are really, really, really good. And they have stats that are proving how people that are taking these courses are really helping their careers, right? And are really helping their companies. They go back and, and they implement all of what they learned. And it's really helping um, what they're doing, right? So I would say leverage all of those assets, all of that content that's out there because there's a wealth of it and not a lot of people other than those of us that are now, that I'm now in this circle, um, take advantage of it, right? So, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Man, all great advice. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, I think in years past, well, number one, man, I mean, there wasn't a lot of, knowledge books frameworks that stuff in place it's really mm -hmm. just in in the last few years mm -hmm. even if you look at a legacy 40 plus year old channel even resources for that um was was limited at best you know i think a lot of the you know the big consulting companies and those sorts of people i mean why are they going to turn around and give the the knowledge away they, they want to charge you a half a million dollars to yeah. to come in and put in a program uh, we truly want to democratize it. As you mentioned, I mean, our first course is absolutely free. We've spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars building out our core courses, and we're basically giving them all away for free because we want to help people. <laughs> we exactly. want to help them. 
No, and, and good good for you guys. I, I honestly think it's a fantastic course and what you're doing is is extremely generous. And yeah, there's a lot of people out there that, again, are willing to give advice and are willing to provide mentorship. And that's the thing. In what we do, there's not a lot of people that have done partnerships for a while. More and more people are doing it now. But uh, there's, there's just a few that have amassed the wealth of knowledge that, for example, you have, Mark. And, uh, and leverage those people, like take advantage of those people that are willing to mentor people that are willing to help. It's, it's, it will, you will find it so surprising how many people are willing to help. I find it, I found it extremely refreshing because I, I haven't in my career, um, I haven't found a group, a group of people like all those of us that work in partnerships that is so willing to help and so willing to see others succeed because we know that the more we get people succeeding, the more we're getting companies to get the point and change to the way that things should be done, right? So, yeah. Yeah, I've absolutely seen that as well. And it's one of many reasons that I love this world that that you and I and many others work in is partnerships. Mm-hmm. I think we're just, our DNA of being partnerships people makes us collaborative. I'm mean, just a part of kind of who this group of of individuals are. And I'm I'm really thankful of you know for uh for for being a small piece of of this big community that we have. But Antonio, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing the insights, man. And you're definitely going to be getting another invite to come on the show. Thank you, Mark. It's it's a pleasure. Uh, I'm very excited to have been part of this. And uh, yeah, let me know the next time. I'm always willing to talk about this. I think you can feel the passion in my voice and uh, that I've lived and breathed this for 12 years. And I, I honestly love it. And so, yeah. And, and also if anybody's, anybody that listens to this is willing to uh, have a chat, reach out to me and I'm, I'm, I've been more, I would be more than happy to talk to anybody. Awesome. Thanks, Antonio. Thank you, Mark. Have a good one. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Partnernomics Show. Don't forget to subscribe to get the newest episodes at thepartnernomicsshow.com. Special thanks to our sponsors, Iolite. To learn more about Iolite, visit iolitepro.com and Partnernomics, the science of partnering. To learn more about the suite of Partnernomics courses, coaching programs, and consulting services, visit Partnernomics.com. See you on the next episode.